Our meditation today is going to be our candle, Advent candle lighting, and so I'll ask you please remain standing as we have our scripture reading from, make sure I get this right, Luke 2, verses 8 through 10. Luke 2, verses 8 through 10. And I read in Jesus' name. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is well pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that has been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Let us pray. Father, as we come to meditate on your word, what the shepherds did, and apply that to our lives. We ask that your spirit would be upon us, leading us and guiding us for the sake of your name. Lord, that we might be drawn closer to you through this. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So for Advent, we always, well, I suppose we don't, Always, because always is quite a long time. Since I've been here, we've lit an Advent candles. And different years, we do different things. But this year, we decided we were going to do what for me was the traditional Advent candle lighting. And that starts off with, well, does anybody remember what the first candle was? Prophecy. And the second one was Bethlehem. The third one is, what about the fourth one then? Shepherds. Or Mary. Well, that's a different tradition. And so um, we're not doing that tradition. We could. But I don't know if you were. One of the thoughts that I had as I was preparing for this is, you know, how much our Christmas program, our children's program, focused on the shepherds. Like, I, usually when we were having Christmas programs back home, I was always one of the wise acres, I mean wise men. Um, regardless. And so, you know, but th- this year we focused on the shepherds. And the shepherds are fascinating because the shepherds actually reveal a microcosm of Christianity. Like, this is what it means to be a Christian. They went through the steps of Christianity. 
Because the first step is to hear. The angels came to them and they proclaimed the message of the Messiah, the Christ who is to be born. I was trying to get Anton to change his so that he'd speak in Aramaic because, you know, um, his wasn't really authentic. And so I was like, well, that probably wouldn't be a good idea. But the angels told them, the Messiah is born. You know, this is, this is the Christ, the one that was promised. That We talk about Jesus, but it's so much, you know, and we think about a, a baby in a manger, but it, it's so much bigger because it's not just a baby in a manger. It's the Son of God who is born. It's, it's all of these prophecies that the Jewish people have been having for centuries, millennia, culminating into this one point coming to shepherds. And you know, the, the same thing is happening to us right now. That all of these things that have been happening all throughout our lives, all throughout the history of the world, are culminating now. It's now. Because this is the same message. That Messiah is for us. He's for us. And he calls us now. And that promise is for us now to go and to see the Messiah. All of these promises that we have all throughout Scripture. What are they for? Now. They are all yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Aren't we promised that? That's what we're told in 1 Corinthians. figure that Paul knows a little bit more about this than I do. This is for us. These are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. It's not yes and no. It's not yes and some. Some here, some there. No, it's God has promised. And this is what we are called to. Because you have now heard. You know the message. It has been given to you. God is faithful. Think about that. How many of you have ever waited for something wondering, are they going to fulfill their word? I have. When you're relying on people, do they always fulfill their word? No, we don't. <laughs> I'll put myself in that. I was supposed to text Lindy earlier this week on, I think, Wednesday, and I forgot. Just didn't think about it. And so what did I do? I failed to fulfill my word. He texted me on Thursday <laughs> because he's more thoughtful than I am. <laughs> Does God do that? Does God just forget I just wasn't thinking about it. No. God promised and he acted and he worked and he brought it to fulfillment and he brought it to culmination and he said, see, I fulfill my promise. So what did the shepherds do? They did the second thing and this is what we are also being called to do. They went and they saw. They acted upon the truth that they heard. The angels came and proclaimed that. Now, I know some of the angels and no offense, but they are not perfect messengers. <laughs> hey! <laughs> you, you resemble that remark. They're cute messengers, yes. Even Mac. I know Mac likes to be called cute. Um, <laughs> every, every boy likes that. But they proclaim the message. They proclaim that message to us. And this is the message that we have now, too. God fulfills his promises. So do we act upon that? Do we act in this world like God fulfills his promises? I was listening to a story about Hudson Taylor. And one of his last sermons that he preached, um, before the Boxer Revolution, and so it wasn't the last sermon that he preached, but it was the last sermon that he preached before the Boxer Revolution was, you can always trust God too little 
but you can never trust God too much. You can never trust God too much. You can never act upon God's promises too much. You can never rely upon God too much. God will never fall out from underneath you. God won't. He is God. He is the one who sent his son into this world. He is the one who fulfilled his promises. So then that question comes to us. And that question, I heard that sermon, and that question's been reverberating in my heart all week long. Are you trusting God enough? Could you trust God more? Can we act on the word of God more? Can we stand on the word of God? These are the promises of God, the one who fulfilled his promises. Does it always happen according to our timeline? No. You know, I'm sure that, so if you think back to Genesis, right after the, during the fall, God gave Adam and Eve a promise, right? That there would be a son born, because the Hebrew is masculine, so there's going to be a son born, a child, a son born, an heir, a seed from, Mary, or from Eve, not Mary, that was going to defeat Satan. And then the next paragraph, after all that, or the next chapter, beginning of the next chapter, Eve is saying, I've got a man with the help of the Lord. So the way the Hebrew reads that, kind of lose it in English, but the Hebrew reads, this is the one that was promised. Not yet. It took a couple years. But God fulfilled his word. And there was one born, the seed of Eve, that would defeat Satan, crush his head, be bruised, but finally win. Eve thought, hey, we got a guy. This is the guy. No, that wasn't the guy. He came later. Sometimes God works like that. But nevertheless, God works. He always fulfills his promise. Can we stand on the promises of God? They acted. Are we are there promises of God that we are not acting upon? That we're not living out? That we're not relying upon? That we're not looking towards? That we're not looking for? That's what the shepherds did. Hey, let's check this out. And that's all I call you to right now. The promise of God? Check it out. Try it. See what happens. What happens when we live according to the promise of God? instead of according to what our media tells us or what we grew up with, what happens when we live according to the promise of God? And you know, when they acted upon it, what did they find? It's true. And as we find the truth of God, then we get to exist within this third realm. We get to react to it. I was going to say, then they proclaimed it. But you know, they didn't just proclaim it. They did proclaim it. You guys ever go to a really amazing restaurant and then tell people about it? Yeah. And if we're able to do that with something so mundane, I've, you know, you watch a really good football game, you walk up to someone and you say, hey, did you watch the Vikings last week? It wasn't the Packers, not this season. Um, <laughs> I would say no offense, but I'm happy to offend Packer fans. Um, no. <laughs> Actually, that is true. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about it. And so when the shepherds saw this, what are they talking about? What are they sharing? Hey, this was the promise. This is what happened when we checked it out. You guys should check this out too. You know that new restaurant? We went there. We heard it was good. We went there. 
And what it was, it was good. You should check it out too. That Vikings game, you should watch the highlights. It was excellent. You know that Lord, the Son of God, what happens when we live according to what the Scriptures say? What happens when we take the Word of God for truth? What happens when we actually try it and check it out? It works. God fulfills His Word. God changes this world. It changes me. It changes you. You know what? I can stand here right now and say, try it. It will work. It always works because God is the one who makes it work. You can never trust God too much. You can never rely on God too much. You can never look to God too much. You can never take him too literally when it comes to his word. Well, God doesn't really mean that. Really? Have you tried it? And so then they talked about it, and then they praised God. So one was a public ministry, one was a private ministry. Doesn't matter. Respond. But you can't respond to what you haven't tried. You ever had someone give you a recommendation and they hadn't tried it themselves? You know, we talked about that uh, water softener salesman that came to our house when we first moved here. It was a great time. He was trying to sell us a water softener that he'd never had. Like, your testimonies mean nothing to me, brother. We've had other experiences like that all over the place. They've never tried it, but I'm sure it would be good. You ever heard that phrase? Yeah, right. I'm not going to try it, but here, try this. Instead of being some fermented lutefisk from Norway or from Sweden, <laughs> try it. It'll be good. Right. I do like lutefisk, by the way. So, but there is a fermented fish that comes out of Sweden that I guess is one of the most rancid things ever smelled. Um, that's edible. <laughs> we try it. Because we can't react, we can't respond, we can't praise God, we can't tell others until we ourselves live it out. And so what do we do? We look to the shepherds and we say, just be like them. You know the promise of God? Try it. The truth of God? Live your life according to it. Try it. The guidance of God, the wisdom of God, the word of God? Try it. Just try it. And after you try it, I'll tell you what, you'll be able to respond. You'll be able to praise God. You'll be able to tell others about it. Try it. That's what it means to be a Christian. The only difference between Christians and non-Christians, we actually tried it. It worked. We didn't just try what a pastor told us somewhere along the line. We tried what the Word of God had to say. And it changes our lives. And that's the message we can bring to the world. We serve a living God that you can never trust too much. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for your promise. I thank you that you are faithful to it. Lord, not just your promise, but your faithfulness. I can promise anything. But if I'm not faithful, it means nothing. Yet you are always faithful. Because who is God that he should lie? And so now as we meditate on the shepherds, as we think about them, 
I ask that your spirit would be moving in us. Lord, that you would remind us of your promises. You would remind us to try them. To live them out. To stand on them. To act according to them. Lord, that this world might see it in us. And that we might see it ourselves. Father, grant us the courage to trust you. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.